Today is an exciting episode. We are joined by Emily of Bon Vivant Copy. Copywriting is something that we can tend to underestimate, but can actually make a huge impact on the conversion of a passive audience to an active lead. As you know, we can appreciate someone who is fantastic at articulating a value. You may have worked with her previously or heard about her within the industry. Her focus is on helping travel advisors articulate their offerings and value through her use of language. Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from Teak. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional, we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins. We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine. So pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business. Welcome, Emily. We are so excited to chat with you today. For anyone not familiar with you or your services, tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you kind of got into the world of copywriting, especially for travel advisors. (laughs) I always love to hear how people like find their niche in travel. I love it. Sure, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Basically, I've been doing this, and this is copywriting for travel advisors really specifically for, I think, eight or nine years now. I've been in marketing for 12 years, and for 11 of those years, I've solely worked with travel advisors and travel agencies. So I guess quick story would be like my first big job out of college was in the marketing department of a Fortune 500 firm. I was going to work every day for like 6,000 other people and I hated it. I lasted eight months, quit, and then joined a small startup organization. And this organization actually happened to focus on the travel agent industry. So they did marketing and business education for travel advisors. So at the time I had, you know, like everyone says, I had no idea travel agents were still a thing. And so this was all new to me, but I loved it. Travel advisors are so much fun to work with. Like who doesn't want to think and talk and write about travel all day long? So I was with that small organization for about two years. That's how I got introduced into the travel agent community. And I left because I just wanted to go out on my own and start focusing on copywriting very specifically. And I was very lucky to actually get lots of referrals from that organization after I left. And I didn't leave thinking I was going to focus on travel agents. It just happened, right? Because I already had the background. That's where the leads were coming from. And there wasn't a copywriter already helping the travel agent industry from what I had seen was kind of a new concept for travel advisors to work with a copywriter. So like there was a gap I was able to fill and really help travel advisors figure out their marketing, their messaging, all that good stuff, because they were kind of floundering on their own from what I'd seen. So basically, ever since I started my own business, my own copywriting business, eight or nine years ago, I've been almost solely focused on working with travel advisors. And I think in 2017, I actually decided to brand myself officially as a travel advisor copywriter. And so now if you go to my website, Bon Vivant Copy, hopefully if you're listening and you're a travel advisor, it's going to speak directly to you. Your website copy is so good. Oh, thank you. So before I move on to asking about copywriting as a concept in general, you just admitted that you niche down like super hard. You were going from like the world to travel advisors. And one of the biggest topics that we hear pushback on is people are scared to niche down. They're scared to commit to one sector of an industry. So can you speak to that in parallel to the people that are, you know, scared to claim I do only multi-leg, multi-generational safari for big bucket list trips? It's the same thing. Yeah. So I see a big parallel between copywriters and travel advisories. We're both service-based businesses. And we could be generalists, right? Like I could write copy for anybody. But the fact that I niche down, not just into travel, but specifically travel advisors has made my job and my life so much easier. Marketing is so much easier because I know exactly the problems travel advisors, my audience is struggling with, and I can speak really specifically to them. There's much less competition, right? Like I said, as far as I know, there are a lot of travel copywriters out there, but 
I don't know of any or very few travel agent copywriters, right? It's just me. I mean, I own the niche essentially. And like travel agents who decide to niche down can do that too. I'm going to share a quick story. This is the high point of my life. Okay. So I spoke at a travel advisor conference a few years ago. And as a speaker, I got to have a little booth at the travel trade show. And it was just me, you know, Bon Vivant Copy, the travel agent copywriter. And I had a woman come up to me and she's like, are you Emily? Can I take a selfie with you? She like recognized me because of my marketing in the travel agent industry and was like excited to meet me. I felt like a celebrity. That would never, ever happen if I was just a general copywriter because I'm not going to become famous, you know, in the big wide world. You can become known in your niche for focusing on that niche. So yeah, that was like the high point of my life being recognized and asked for a selfie. It's never going to get better than that. But it only happened because I niched down. It's so powerful. And again, Jen mentioned that like people all the time are like, I'm scared to niche down. And I'm like, you can be a small fish in a huge pond or a big fish in a smaller pond. And it's just makes your marketing easier. I'm sure as a copywriter, it's easier for you to write copy for them when they know their niche. So much easier. Right? But I understand at the same time, obviously being like, no, I don't book Caribbean anymore. I don't book Europe anymore is always intimidating at first until you do it. And you're like, why why didn't I do this from the very beginning? Like, it's just so crazy to me. We did that when we started Teak too. We were like, okay, well, our name is generic enough that we could also do branding for hair salons or photographers. No, this is working. Again, our messaging can be so clear. Let's not tackle the world. So if anyone is scared of niching down, like let these three different examples, like we've got copywriting, we've got branding and workflow, and we've got travel advisors. All of those have something to gain by like staking your claim in the ground. And I'll also say too, it's not just about making it easier for yourself through your marketing, but you are going to become better at your job because you're you're specializing. You are focusing on a narrow segment and you're going to know it inside and out. It's a lot easier to know one thing or a couple things inside and out than like every type of travel. So you're going to become a better travel advisor and be able to better serve your clients when you niche. Okay. So we we talked about copywriting and this is something I always like to refer back to my past self because wow, I've learned a lot in this journey. But when I started, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a website. And to me, I was like, the website designer picks the fonts. They pick the colors. They also write the words. And now I realize it's an a la carte menu. It's not a buffet, you know? <laughs> so don't go to the buffet because your messaging gets so much better. Your visuals get so much better when you're able to select and compile something really well articulated. But when we talk about copywriting, we often refer to copy and that shortening can be confusing to people. The concept of copywriting can be confusing to people. So let's dive into how you describe copywriting to someone who's truly like a novice getting into the industry and may not have ever had a website, may have never articulated their value yet. Let's start from the ground up. Absolutely. I would just define copywriting. It's basically marketing and advertising writing, right? Like that's all it is. So some people hear the word copywriting. They think copyright. They think like legal stuff. That's not it at all. That's copy, R-I-G-H-T, not copy, W-R-I-T-E. So that's the first thing to know. Sometimes I think copywriting and I think Mad Men, right? Like Don Draper sitting in the Madison Avenue office. And that is copywriting. But copywriters today, they, they don't do a bunch of those big, fancy, sexy ads. They're writing online, like websites, blogs, social media, all that good stuff. But at its heart, copy, copywriting, it's just marketing and advertising writing. And there are like different types of copywriting. So I'll talk a little bit about what I focus on. I consider myself primarily to be a conversion copywriter. Conversion copy is copy whose main goal is to move your audience to take a really specific action. I mainly focus on website copy writing as well as email campaigns, like email follow-up campaigns, really, really strategy focused. Now, there are other types of copywriters out there. So for example, a content focused copywriter might specialize in blog writing. And blogs, the goal there, it's more informational, right? It's more about building your authority, showing up as an expert and building a relationship with your audience. 
it'd be nice if they reached out to you after they read a blog, but that's not the main goal. The main goal is not to inspire action. By contrast, your website, the thing I specialize in writing, the main goal is to get your web visitors off the website and reaching out to you. The main goal is to drive them to click that button to book a consultation call with you or fill in that trip inquiry form. So it's really action-focused. Conversion copywriting is action-focused. Yeah, 100%. That's why I find copywriting so fascinating and marketing in general. I just, I nerd out on it because the message and the way it's crafted and the, the words you're using are like triggering psychological things for like the person to be like, oh yeah, like me too. It's just, it's so, I'm amazed at people who can do it effortlessly because <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And, I think, I think you used the word that is super apt psychology, right? It's all about under the, understanding the psychology of your audience and what's going to move them forward. Like the very specific words, actions, the messaging hierarchy, the order in which you put the messages on the page, drive action. It is fun. It, it does require like an understanding of human psychology, really. It's like creative mixed with strategy, which is, I mean, that's marketing in general. But something people ask us all the time about, especially when we used to be doing website templates, was the SEO. But I don't think people truly understand SEO. So can you talk a little bit more like what is SEO? How does it play a role in your website's performance? I totally agree. There's some misconceptions around SEO. So when I talk to my clients or potential clients, I really like to dispel the notion that if you build it, they will come. I think a lot of travel advisors think that if they build a new website, if they have copy for that new website, people are going to magically find that website. That's not how it works. SEO doesn't automatically kick in when you write and design a new website. It's complex, it's multifaceted, and it requires a real strategy. It can work, right? But you're going to have to invest in it. So I'll talk a little bit about what I mean there. If it's something you want to focus on, SEO, you need to think beyond like the obvious keywords. And, and so like keywords are one part of it, the specific words you're using in your copy. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes as well that you need to make sure is optimized. The way your website is designed on the back end needs to be optimized for SEO. You need to make sure you're having like meta titles and all that good stuff. So it's not just keywords, but as a copywriter, that's what I'm most familiar with. So what I would say when it comes to SEO keywords is that some keywords are going to naturally crop up in your copy as you're writing or as you're working with a copywriter, right? Like, so for example, if you're a destination wedding travel planner, that phrase is going to naturally show up as I'm writing your copy, but it's going to be kind of hard to rank for that keyword because there are quite a few destination wedding travel planners out there and you're not ever going to rank for a general term like travel advisor or travel agent. It's just not going to happen. So if you want SEO to play a role in your website marketing, think about what's called long tail keywords. These are literally long keywords. They're less competitive because fewer people are searching for those terms, but that gives you an opportunity to actually rank for them, right? They're highly specific. And so these are terms that might not even make sense to use on like the homepage of your website, but you could actually kind of build like a whole blogging strategy around long tail keywords. I'll give you an example from my own website. So if you go to my website, you're going to see keywords like travel copywriter or travel agent copywriter. And some people find their way to my site through those words, but those aren't like my top keywords. My top keyword is how much does it cost to become a travel agent? How much does it cost to become a travel agent? And that's because I wrote a blog post titled, How Much Does It Cost to Become a Travel Agent? And that's what a lot of people are searching for online. And they're finding my blog post. And then they're sticking around and checking out my website based on that. So obviously, I'm catching people like really, really early in the funnel. They're not even, you know, travel agents yet. But they find my information, they find my website. And so the idea is that eventually, if they do become a travel agent, they know who can help them. So that's what gets them to the site. But I would never use the phrase, how much does it cost to become a travel agent on my homepage or on my about page? It doesn't make sense. An example for travel advisors might be something like this. So instead of trying to rank for a phrase like European travel advisor, or even French travel advisor, French travel specialist, Write a blog post on a really narrow and specific segment of what you do. So write a blog post on, for example, French River Barge Cruises. Not just French River Cruises, French River Barge Cruises. 
really, really niche down, right? Um, not a ton of people are searching for it, but the people who are, are there's a better chance that they're going to find your page because there aren't a lot of blogs out there. There aren't a lot of websites out there about French River Barge cruises. So think specifically, that's going to be a big word in this conversation, specific, specifically. Think specifically, think beyond the obvious keywords. Don't expect things to just magically happen when it comes to SEO. And I will say, if you really do want SEO to be a part of your website strategy, I would recommend working with an SEO keyword specialist first and bringing that list of keywords that you guys generate to your copywriter. Some copywriters are SEO copywriters and they can do both, but that's a big myth too. Not all of them are. I'm, I would not consider myself an SEO copywriter. As a copywriter, I know how to incorporate your keywords correctly to help you rank, but SEO and SEO keywords, it's so, it's its own thing. It, it's a specialization, right? And so you need to work with a specialist if you want that to be a part of your marketing strategy or invest in a SEO learning program and figure out how to do it yourself. Yeah. And it's usually an ongoing process, SEO. A hundred percent. Like it is not a one-time, one-hit wonder. I know my my dad has an air conditioning business and every week, literally every week, they go through and they optimize one blog post or one page mm-hmm. and they continue doing it every day based off of the trends, based off of the searches. And so there's an entire science to it that is not just this, okay, I'm going to label my photo this and forever and ever, amen, I'm going to get people coming my way. I want to bring a point back up though that you hit on because it's something that really resonates with us. And it's that there is essentially no magic wand. No. (laughs) And we think of this even in a broader scope. And I know that Robin has thoughts on us. She's nodding her head right now. Yes. But we get a lot of people that come to Teak and they want the workflow implementation or they want the branding. And I'm sure they come to you and they want the copywriting. And it almost feels like there's this expectation, like if I outsource this to a professional, it's the magic wand to fix my business and I will then be successful. And that I just want to like give you a hot minute to elaborate on that and what you see in the industry because our stance is there's no magic wand. No one is coming to save you. You got to put in the work on a daily basis. It is a constant effort of refinement and niching, re-niching, listening to trends, market research. And it's Again, it's an ongoing process and your business should never be static. It should never be in one place. And so I guess to revisit that point, do you see that concern for people? What are your thoughts on that? And can you just give a little bit of insight? Yeah. So again, I'll talk primarily from like a website copywriting point of view because that's what I mostly do. And that is something I I make sure I get clear on with a potential client before we start working that your website and your new copy can do a lot for you, but it's not, it's not going to get you more clients necessarily. That's what they want to hear. And it doesn't always work that way because like I said, your website, once you have a shiny new website, you think it's just going to, I don't know, like it's a magnet, right? People are just going to find it. No, you still have to send traffic there. You have to have a traffic strategy. Maybe it's SEO. It doesn't have to be SEO. Maybe you're building out your social media platforms and you're sending people from social media to your website. Maybe you're focused on referrals. That's fine too. You still need a website to send people to, but the website itself it's the beginning. It's not the end of your marketing. It's like the first step. It's not the final step. (laughs) You need it, but then you need a whole lot more, I guess. And that can be disappointing to hear because a website, the website design, the website copy, it's a really big investment and people want it to do everything for them. And it's just one aspect, one part of like your marketing ecosystem. And you need to have a strategy in place to get people to your website or else your website's not going to do anything for you. Well, and all these parts work together. Like we always talk about with branding, you need a strong brand to attract people visually. You need a website to send them to, which people always ask us, do you really think I need a website? The answer is yes. I always think people need a website regardless, but like you need a website. Like you said, you need content marketing to pull people to the website 
And then once they're working with you, you need to have some sort of system in which you operate, some sort of client experience or workflow to deliver what you're promising in all of these marketing efforts that are coming before and your brand promise and all of that. So it's like this whole, if I just get a brand, then I'm good. If I just do my workflow this year, then I'm good. It's sad. It's annoying. It's it's all the things, but they all work so well together. The copywriting is great. The website is great. But yeah, it's it's the branding. It's the website. It's the workflow. It's, it's all of these little things going together to truly pull the business to where... And that is an investment. And like, I think it's fine to make those investments over time. But yeah, I think that's such a good point. It is something that just really hits home for us because we want to empower people. If you want your business to change, you're the catalyst for the change. So my comment by no means was intended to kind of hold anyone's feet to the fire. But I do think that in this industry, the whole benefit of having colleagues is having accountability and getting best practices from each other. So with that being said, I wanted to bring up that point. I also want to touch on copywriting in other spaces. And I know you mentioned you're not necessarily an SEO specialist, so we don't have to go down this rabbit hole so much. But if there were small tweaks that you were going to recommend for people to do on their website today, or if there are other platforms where they can make those tweaks to maximize their chances of being found organically. So say someone doesn't have a website. Do you have any recommendations there? I think the keyword here would be clarity. The thing that's going to help you the most if you're just starting to figure out how to write a better website or write a better Facebook page presence. It's all about clarity. It's going back to knowing who your ideal audience is. And I would say being brave enough to speak only to them. Being brave enough to speak only to them. That's going to help. I would say the biggest thing you can do to help write a better website right now that will also help with search and SEO is make sure you're chunking up your text into different sections and having a headline or what's called a subhead, basically a mini headline that defines what each section's about. And this is really important for multiple reasons. Number one, it's more difficult to read text, to read copy online, right? And so if all you're doing is writing a big, long paragraph, if someone's reading that on their phone and there's like a 60% chance that they are, they're going to get lost in the copy. They're going to X out because it looks overwhelming. Nobody wants to read a bunch of crap all at once. They're going to they're gonna move away. So that's one reason why it's important to chunk up your text, right, into different sections. It's easier on the eye. You're more likely to get people to stay on your website longer or your Facebook page or wherever. Stay longer if you simply just use the, you know, paragraph enter like function. And then adding subheads that define what's inside each section is going to help Number one, lead the reader's eye like down the page. Our eyes automatically focus on like the big, bold text, right? It, it helps with reading fatigue, eye fatigue. It helps lead people down the page. And this is also where keywords are naturally going to crop up in your copy. Let's say, for example, you're like a cruising specialist. Previously, you had a website page that's one big, long paragraph about all the different types of cruises you do. Well, chunk that up. And then in each section, make sure it's focused on a specific style of cruising. Have a section on river cruising. Have a section on small ship ocean cruising. Have a section on expedition cruising. And then label each of those sections that so that the keyword, the primary thing you're talking about, is in the subhead. So the first section was expedition style cruises for adventurers at heart. It could help you. It could help your SEO. I don't want to make any promises, but it could make you a little more searchable, a little more findable. But what it will definitely do is if someone's landing on your page for the first time and they know they want an expedition cruise, if they see that in like big, bold font, they're going to stick around to read about it, right? Whereas if you hide that keyword, if you hide that term in a big block of text, they might not wait around to find out about it because they're not going to read all of that. And I think that can be used on other platforms as well. Just the idea of chunking up your text and using subheads or headlines to identify what each section talks about. I think so many people on their websites will get very wordy. Yeah. And like there's a lot of text where if you just need to like comb some of it out or splice it apart. Splice it apart. Yes. Mm -hmm. I do not think you need to cut your copy down. That's not the issue. You just need to cut it up, right? Yeah. You can have a lot of copy as long as it's organized well and labeled well. So it's easy for your reader to 
hop around and find what they're most interested in finding. It's so fun when you find websites like that too, where you feel somebody did really well with copywriting and like you, you actually read the whole, I don't read anything like fully Slack messages, emails, I skim and I'm done. But with really good website copy, I will find myself reading every single part of the website because I'm so, they're hitting it. They're really speaking to me as a service provider and whatever they're selling. I'm a very easy sell, I will say. Like, <laughs> tell me anything. My husband hates it. It's my worst quality. But especially when I get, it gets into like courses, when we invest in courses for our own business, it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm in. I can't not buy it. It's, it's crazy. And I think sometimes people don't kind of take themselves out of like their business and act as like their own you know, like I'm buying a service. What what about this person's page made me want to make this decision and kind of thinking introspectively like that. But it's always down to the copy when it's big and bold. And then there's like the little sub, it's just, you're, it's fun to follow. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's literally easier on the eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's eye entertainment. If you think about it that way, I think that unfortunately where I came from, I was trying to be informational rather than engaging. And that's kind of the fun part of what I would say that you're very skilled at. When you create an engaging text, you are creating engagement. And like, that's yes. your goal is essentially to drive people to engage And mine was like, no, they need to know about what I do. And it's no, actually, I mean, yes, but they need to do it in a way that's alluring and kind of brings them on a journey rather than just gives them facts. It's really not about you. It's about them. They don't really care about you until you make them care. They care about what's in it for them, right? And actually, I don't know if you want to move back to this conversation, but it's it's so central to copywriting. It's so central to marketing, like knowing and speaking to your ideal audience. What I like to tell my clients is that specificity sells. And so you might have heard the phrase, when you try to talk to everyone, you talk to no one. I would tweak it just a bit for copy specifically. It's really when you try to talk to everyone, you're remembered by no one. You're remembered by no one. And so like, think about it. We hear and we see like hundreds of ads every single day, but we don't remember all 100 of them. We only remember the ones that speak to our very specific needs, specific fears, specific desires. And so, you know, when you're trying to talk to everyone, it's just not going to work because you're not naming those specific needs, fears, or desires. And so like, this is something that frustrates me because I see it on travel advisor websites or in marketing in general all the time. Attention travel advisors in need of a fresh, captivating website that showcases your unique style and services. Look no further than TonicSiteShop.com, your ultimate destination for stunning website templates designed for the modern entrepreneur. Tonic offers a curated collection of beautifully crafted website and social media templates that will transform your online presence. With their intuitive designs and customizable features, you can create websites that perfectly represent your brand and captivate your clients. Imagine dazzling your website visitors with breathtaking visuals, showcasing awe-inspiring destinations, and enticing them to embark on unforgettable journeys with you. Tonic makes it all possible. Whether you specialize in luxury getaways, adventure travel, or bespoke itineraries, Tonic has the perfect template to suit your unique style. From elegant layouts to seamless navigation, your new website will leave a lasting impression on your clients. We actually used Tonic's social media and website templates when we launched our rebrand at the beginning of the year, and I cannot express how easy they made the entire process. Worried about the technical aspects? Don't be. Tonic's templates are designed and show it to be user-friendly, allowing you to easily customize and update your website without any coding knowledge. It's as simple as adding your own content and images. So say goodbye to outdated websites and hello to a fresh, modern online presence that sets you apart from the competition. Boost your credibility and attract new clients with a website that shows off your expertise and passion for travel. Your old website is already jealous. Head on over to tonicsiteshop.com to browse their collection of stunning templates and start building your dream website that will leave a lasting impression on your clients. And be sure to use the code TEEKSENTME at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's T-I-Q-U-E, sent me, all one word, at checkout. They are so afraid of turning one kind of client off that they end up writing really ineffective copy that doesn't turn anyone on, if that makes sense. It's like a little bit ironic. In their effort to not turn anybody away, they are turning everybody away. 
So what it often looks like is you'll have like an opening paragraph on a website that says something like, we work with families, couples, and solo travelers seeking stress-free cruises, tours, all-inclusive resorts, and custom independent journeys. It just goes in one ear and out the other. And who are you more likely to give your business to? The generalist who sure could book your cruise or the specialist who only books cruises, right? It's kind of a no-brainer when you think about it like that. But I do want to make the point, though, that's not the only way to define your audience. I think that's really important. Type of travel isn't the only way to define your audience. And the majority of my clients who are travel advisors do not book only one type of travel. But you do have to find the common thread throughout the types of clients you want to work with and then pull that thread through all of your copy or else it's just going to fall flat. The other like really, really important thing about knowing who your ideal audience is when you're writing copy is you need to know who they are so that you can speak to their specific pain points, the stuff they're really struggling with that you can solve for them as a travel advisor. And when you are a generalist, when you refuse to define your audience, you're only going to be naming the most generic high-level pain points. And that's not going to grab the reader. They're not going to see themselves in your copy. When your copy is not specific, when it's general, it's not just boring, but it's not memorable. And it's not going to convince anybody that you're the right advisor for them. So if you're out there, you're listening right now, and you're struggling with writing your copy, I think I know the problem. Maybe it is you just hate writing. That could be the problem. But it could be that you just don't know who to talk to, right? And as soon as you get clear on that, and as soon as, again, as soon as you get brave enough to only talk to one type of client, the, the copy is going to, it might pour out of you. <laughs> I don't want to guarantee it, but it could start pouring out of you. It's a hard switch to make from going from memorization of this is how we do our process and these are the regulations to get into the country to all of a sudden this floral language that's supposed to be alluring and exciting. And yes, there should be some baseline consistency from your website copy to the tone of your workflow too. Like you should still hear your personality. So I don't want to disregard that by any means. There should still be 100% consistency through all steps of your process, whether it's your copy on your website or your workflow. But there are so many things that we almost throw in there for protective language and liability purposes and informational. We need you to have this information because I'm protecting myself. And it's like, okay, to make that switch can be a really hard mental jump. Mm. And some people just don't have, maybe it's just a lack of confidence. It's almost like sales. You're probably really dang good at it, but you haven't stepped into the confidence zone to really exude that that skill yet. And maybe that's copy for some people. Maybe that's the struggle. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is they don't know who they're talking to. So I think there could be some uphill battles for our audience in very different pockets for very different reasons. I think you did hit another good point, though, like voice, being consistent with your voice across platforms. That's like, I'm glad you brought mm -hmm. that up. because That's actually super important. Here's what I want to say. Like, it's really important to match the message and match the voice across all of your platforms or you're going to confuse people. So and when I say platforms, I mean your website. I mean your email communications. I mean your social media platforms. It all needs to sound like it's coming from the same person. Just recently... I had a client come to me who she wanted to work with me on her website copy. She's established. She's really good at what she does. She already has a huge book of business, right? Leads coming in. Her problem was her website copy sounded really stiff and formal. She wrote it herself. But on social media and in conversations with her clients, she sounded like a totally different person. She was like throwing out curse words and stuff like that, right? She's that kind of person. She's great. But people were really surprised and kind of shocked because that's not what her website sounded like. So my job as a copywriter wasn't necessarily to bring in more clients or anything, but it was to hone her voice so people would believe her website came from her. Like if someone was coming from her social media platforms to her website, they would be like, yeah, okay, I've landed in the right place. So I think defining... The voice, the tone of voice can also be really, really difficult for folks because there's like this idea that you need to be really professional sounding on your website. You don't want to sound unprofessional, but you want to talk to your audience 
as if it were a conversation, like a one-on-one conversation, especially if you're a solopreneur, like a travel advisor who's in business for themselves. It doesn't make sense to sound like a stiff corporate travel agency that like has 50 employees if that's not you. So I think nailing that voice is really important as well. That's something we struggle, well, not struggle with, but something we always want to be cognizant of with branding too, because people will come and they're like, oh, like I'm, you know, targeting, you know, these CEOs and I want it to be super professional and stuff, but it, they are like the, the crazy and like the loud and there's cuss words involved and they're just <laughs> general being. And not that you can still work with CEOs. Like it's not like every single CEO is like a, a stuck up person in a suit who only talks with huge words, but it's interesting because it's well, you want your brand to still reflect your personality because you are selling yourself or a people-based business. People choose uh-huh. to work with people for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think our personalities are like kind of involved in that. So it is kind of tricky sometimes getting people to realize you need it to go after your target audience, but you need it to also be a brand or be like a tone that you can put on and not feel so I'm flipping a switch. And now I'm, you know, travel advisor, Robin, who's super professional and like buttoned up where, cause it's just hard. It's hard to maintain. Yeah. It's hard to maintain. It makes it's going to make you hate marketing if that's what you're doing. It's hard. It's hard to create content. My favorite marketing ad to this day of all time is this air conditioning company. And they have a billboard down near us. And the billboard is, your wife is hot, call Mike. And it's (laughs) like this lady sweating. And then you go to their website and they have like such a bro website. They're just a bunch of bros who also fix ACs. And I'm like, your marketing is chef's kiss. I would 1000% call you because that's funny to me. And Um, I think that's a great illustration of mass matching the message, right? The billboard and the website, they're cohesive. Right. Like there's not a bunch of like text on their website about like we fix. It's just like bros fixing websites, call us. It's funny. So, but it's always such good marketing. And every time I see it, I'm like, Hunter, they're so good. They're so good. Well, whoever decided that just because you're in an executive C-suite position in a business, like you no longer have fun and you talk like a robot. Like, can can we get an amen for that? Like I think about why, why do we no longer have fun? Even one of my, my very best friend in the world, her husband is the legal counsel for Accor Hotels. When I talk to him, he has like a whole vacation personality too. He doesn't carry over his lawyer persona to planning his vacation. Maybe when it comes to like creating the budget and, and documenting things, but like he still wants to build that anticipation. He still wants to imagine himself in that process, in that vacation. So I think it's so funny that we're like to attract a CEO level person. I have to also act like they would act when they're creating an email to their CFO. Like it just doesn't. It's who they are after the nine to five. Yes. Talk to that person. And I think about who's my target audience. I always said Tracy Tudor, who was on Million Dollar Listing. I love her. I think she's a baddie. But I'm like, I wouldn't talk to her, even though she's this very established professional in this overly professional way, because she does use curse words. She, you know, dresses in like Fendi sweats when she's walking through a house. So she has this more casual, cool approach. So I just think we make a lot of assumptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that can be really the turnoff or the lack of turn on, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like your process for when an advisor comes to you. Like what is your process for kind of getting to know their audience and, and what they need out of their copy? And like, what does that look like? Sure. Again, we're talking specifically website copy here. And my website copywriting process always starts with an hour-long strategy call with my client. This is crucial, right? And so on this call, we're going to be digging really deep into stuff like who their ideal client is, right? What their biggest pain points are. Because if we can identify their pain points, then we can present their services as the solution to that pain. We're also going to be talking a lot about their personal and professional background. The thing about being a travel advisor is travel advisors do a lot of things similarly. Like your process probably looks very similar to another travel advisor's process. But the one thing nobody has that you do have is your story, your particular philosophy and approach to planning travel, why you got into this industry, what you're hoping to give your clients. It's not just a good trip. Like what's the big why, right? Like we dig into that together on our strategy call with one another. And then we do talk about brand personality as well. You know, how you want to be showing up online what you want your agency 
to be known for, right? And at this point, I might also ask to see like their visual branding to make sure that we're aligning the tone of voice with their branding style. So first things first is always that big, long call. That's kind of the stuff we always touch on, but then we go down rabbit holes together and it's hard to predict where we're going to go together. But that's step number one. Then after that call, I don't start immediately writing the copy. I move into my research phase first. And so there are a couple of things I like to start researching before I begin writing the copy. So one is called voice of customer research. And this is hopefully where if I'm working with an established travel advisor, they have testimonials from past clients that I can look at. And I love to go straight to the source for a couple of reasons. Number one, I love looking at testimonials to see what their actual clients are identifying as what's most valuable about the service they provide. Because sometimes what we think is most valuable about what we do is a little bit different from what our clients think is most valuable. So I like to make sure we're capturing that. And then I also like to analyze the language that the clients are using in the testimonials to make sure we're reflecting that language back in the copy. That way, there's not a language mismatch. So for example, we don't want to write really lofty, sophisticated sounding copy if their clients tend to be more casual and laid back or vice versa. It's not just about your voice, but it's about also reflecting your clients in the copy itself. They always want to see themselves in the copy. So that's a little bit about voice of customer research. The other thing I'm doing is conducting a little bit of competitive research. And again, this is why it's so important to have a defined niche, right? Because I can't compare you to every other travel advisor out there. But ideally, what I would be doing is comparing you to other travel advisors who serve a similar target market. And I like to do some competitive research for two reasons. Number one, I want to see what these other travel advisors are not mentioning on their websites. Where are the gaps? What do you provide that they don't? or at least not mention. Those are your competitive differentiators, right? We're going to go hard on those on your website. But it's not just about filling in the gaps. It's not just about the competitive differentiators. I also want to see what all of your competitors are mentioning, what they are covering, because we want to make sure that we're covering that too. We want to make sure we're covering all of your bases, because what we don't want to happen is to have a potential client check out your website And then check out a competitor's website and say, oh, well, the competitor said they could do this for me, but I didn't see that mentioned anywhere on your website, so I'm going to go with the competitor. So only after we've had that hour-long call with one another, only after I've dove into the research will I actually sit down to write a travel advisor's copy. What that means is that they're going to get copy that not only makes them sound good, although it will, they're going to get copy that's backed by a strategy copy that they won't be tempted to change in six months or a year from now unless they drastically change the direction of their business. They're going to have to keep up with the blog posts and all the other stuff, but the core pages home service is about. I I like to think of it as a semi-permanent investment. It actually doesn't need a ton of tweaking if you do it right the first time. So that's a little bit about my process. If you come to me and want to work with me, that's the process we'll follow. If you are trying to do it on your own, I have some approaches you could try. You could absolutely do your own voice of customer research on your testimonials, just like I described. You can do your own competitive research as well in the method I described. But I have another idea for you that's going to help you write better sales copy. And that's what your website is, right? It's sales copy. Okay, so as you sit down to write, I want you to imagine as you're writing your copy, that you're actually talking to a rather combative and highly skeptical potential client. They're mean. You don't actually want to work with this person, but like imagine that you do. They're they're mean, right? And they're pushing back on you. So every time you say something about what you do, what you can do for them, or what your skills are, they're going to respond with something like, okay, but why does that matter? Yeah, but why? Okay, what's in it for me? Why should I trust you? Why can't I just do that myself? By by imagining this conversation, by forcing yourself to respond to these kind of rude hypothetical questions, this is going to ensure that your copy is overcoming the objections and hesitations that your ideal clients might have when they come to your mm-hmm. website. Does that make sense? 100%. I love the the concept of overcoming objections. So important. Proactively because then when they get to you, all you have to do is have the fun part of the the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you do that, 
as you are creating the process. And that process could be going from the website to your inquiry form through your Calendly link and then initial emails. As long as you're foreseeing those objections and proactively addressing them, I just think it leaves the fun part for you. It leaves, it, it removes that awkward part of the sales pitch as yep. well. It's not even, it's, it's like not even a sales pitch anymore because mm-hmm. you've done the selling on the website, right? Sure. That's what's so great about effective website copy. It makes your sales calls, those consultation calls so much easier. And, you know, I think a lot of advisors, especially new advisors, get really nervous about the idea of talking to a potential client and selling them on the phone. You don't really have to do that if you have good website copy. It's already been done for you. And and then that call gets to fully be about the client and the relationship rather than convincing, which is so powerful. And it takes a lot of pressure off of the advisor, especially as they're entering the industry. But also, I just don't think that that like turn in your stomach ever goes away before you get on an intake call. (laughs) So if you can do all the things to remove that, even if you're 10, 20 years into the industry, why not help yourself out while also helping the client feel at ease going into that call as well? Yeah, because here's the thing. People also don't like feeling like they're being sold to, right? Right. They don't. So they don't want to get on the phone with you and hear a sales pitch. They don't. So like, if we organize the website copy correctly in a way that does that without feeling overly salesy, you're going to not only make yourself feel better on the call, you're going to make the client feel more at ease as well. For sure. Okay. So to wrap this up, we would love to give you an opportunity other than your selfie which was a massive success. You know, I love that notoriety. That's cool. Are there any specific successes that you've seen a client maybe come back to you and be like, you know, I wasn't getting the right client and now I have a book of business full of the right clients. What what do you define as success? How can you shed some light on what that would look like when working with you? One, at least one of three things happen when someone works with me on their website copy or, um, you know, that they just decide to invest in their copy in some other way. Thing number one could be that they start getting higher conversion rates, right? So more of the people coming to their websites are actually reaching out to them. They're either booking those consultation calls or reaching out to with the trip inquiry form, higher conversion rates. Now, this is because finally, your website is actually written strategically. There's a thoughtful messaging hierarchy in place that's strategically leading a web visitor through the website into that big fat button that they're going to click to reach out to you. I'm using conversion copywriting tactics designed to, you know, move them to take an action like we talked about at the top of the hour. Another thing that could happen, advisors start getting higher closing rates. We've started talking about this, right? Like either on their consultation calls or just back and forth over email. They're closing the deal more often. This is for two reasons. Number one, your website is now talking to the right people and it's chasing away the wrong ones. You're no longer getting those tire kickers who are just getting on the phone and wasting your time and are going to disappear as soon as you mention you charge a fee. Like that's not happening anymore. So that's automatically going to increase your closing rate. But the other thing that's happening is that your website has already pre-sold them on working with you. Once they get on the phone with you, they are already 90% of the way to a yes. Or you hop on a call with them and it almost feels like they're selling you on working with them. Like I've heard this happen for advisors as well, which is super, super cool. So higher closing rates, obviously that's, you know, leads to more business, but it also saves you a lot of time. And then the last thing that happens, the most common thing that happens, and this might sound trite, but it's not huge confidence boost. I know that sounds really intangible, but it actually has a super profound impact on how a travel advisor runs their business and generates their leads. Because beforehand, before they invested in a new copy, they shied away from marketing themselves or even networking in real life because they had either nowhere to send potential clients to or they were embarrassed to send them to their current website, right? I see that all the time. Afterwards, after the copy investment, the copy switch, they feel so much more comfortable putting themselves out there they're showing up as a professional. They actually want to show off their website. And because they went through the process of you know, website copywriting, which is all about nailing their unique messaging, they now know what to say when they meet someone in person or online, right? They know what to say in addition to being able to send them somewhere. 
And like watching that confidence bloom is like, that's, that's the rewarding part of my job. And this is kind of funny. I don't know if I should mention it, but I actually have like this email folder where I store all the emails I get back from clients after they review the copy I send to them. And they email me back and they say, oh my God, the copy made me cry. You will not believe how many emails I have that says this made me cry. And I know it sounds funny. It's just marketing copy. It's just business. But like, it can actually be a really emotional experience because these advisors, they're finally seeing themselves. They're seeing themselves through my eyes. They're seeing themselves finally as someone who does have unique talents, who does have a profound story to tell, and who does make a difference in the world. And that change makes all the difference in how they carry themselves forward. And I don't have a specific example of this because it happens almost every time. I think there's something really powerful about being seen. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's just, it's hard to write your your own stuff. It really is. It's hard to, you know, pick up on the best qualities of you, let alone your business when you're so in the business. And I think that's like the power of copywriters truly is like having an outsider's perspective come in and be able to be like, here's what you do well, here's where you stand out, here's what your audience needs. And it's, I mean, I can't imagine another reaction. Yeah, it's just really hard to write about yourselves. It's hard to brag. It feels like you're bragging and people, women especially, I feel like really struggle with that. And that's my job as a copywriter to brag for you without it like sounding like bragging. Well, we hope that this episode gave you an understanding of how using artful language can actually make a huge impact on your business and your audience. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your gift, Emily. Such, such a good episode. I love this so much. And thank you for our listeners for joining another TikToks episode. If you are loving our content, we would love and appreciate your support and feedback. So head on over to Apple Podcast. Hit subscribe so that you never miss when an episode drops. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of Teak Talk. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year. Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing. Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.